Welcome to the Stories She Sings, where we bring messages of biblical women to life through inspired songs. We hope this podcast will be a place of rest, refuge, and refreshing in the presence of God. Welcome to the Stories She Sings. Today, I would like to share with you likening the scriptures to ourselves with storytelling and songs and scriptures. And as I share excerpts that are written in the first person by putting myself into the place of the women in the scriptures, I use these journalings to create a reader's theater. And as you are able to listen to them and liken yourself to these women in the scriptures, to these stories in the scriptures, to these experiences in the scripture, I hope that you will bring your journal and liken yourselves to those women in the scriptures like the woman at the well and the woman who poured perfumed oil on the Savior's feet and the woman who touched his hem. As you do this, these scriptures will become nearer and dearer to you. The stories, the settings, the circumstances, and the learnings will all become a part of your heart, a part of your life. I hope that you will enjoy the songs that accompany each one of these first-person scenarios and that you will be blessed for listening today to the stories she sings. I am the mother of the greatest missionary that ever lived. I have felt all the feelings and fears associated with the letting go of a child when he is determined to be about his father's business. I loved my son more deeply than can be expressed. I felt a great responsibility to protect him and guard him, knowing of the great trials and dangers which lay ahead. When Jesus was 12 years old, Joseph and I took him with us to Jerusalem. After completing our purposes there, we began traveling back to Nazareth. I believe Jesus was walking ahead with friends, but soon discovered that he was not with them. I began to grow worried and concerned, so Joseph and I turned back to Jerusalem. My heart was sorrowing along the way as we retraced our steps. We searched for three days before finding him. At last, I ran to the temple to plead with his Heavenly Father for help and guidance as to where to turn next. In the temple, I noticed a group of doctors and scholars gathered together, and there in the midst of them was my 12-year-old son answering their questions. I ran to him, overjoyed to see him, explaining my fears about our search. I will never forget that moment as I looked into his shining eyes, which always spoke the truth. Mother, wist ye not that I should be about my father's business? Years later, when I realized that the events were now pointing to the prophesied sacrifice, once more I pled with God for his life. Once again, I heard my son's voice speaking to me as before. Mother, this must be. It is my father's business. I understand how every mother feels when she lets her son or daughter go to serve their heavenly father. I have felt every fear. 
I too wondered if his sacrifice would be understood and appreciated by those whom he was sent to serve. I felt so much heartache as I watched my son suffer rejection by so many. My heart broke when I heard of betrayals by trusted friends. Sometimes I wondered if losing someone so dear and so precious to me was worth the cost. Mothers of missionaries, I thank you for letting your sons and daughters be about their Heavenly Father's business. I want you to know that I understand the sacrifices you and your husbands and children have made and will make in an effort to share the truth about my son. Many of you have lost a precious child in the fight for truth. Know that my heart is one with yours. Through the sacrifice of my son, you will find yours again. my 
Jordan's edge, waiting to be baptized by John the Baptist. There on that beautiful day stood the Savior. As I watched him enter into the waters, I wondered why he, a perfect man, would be baptized. As all of us who mingled there watched in amazement and heard the voice of the Father speak, this is my beloved Son. We were filled with testimony, filled with divine assurance that this was the plan to be reborn into the kingdom of God as the dove descended out of the sky and lit upon the shoulder of this man. We knew that to become children of truth, we must also follow in the way. And 
enter in God's kingdom, a child of truth reborn. I stood in the water, the way seemed crystal clear, my heart willing, my soul eager to be made clean and pure. I would be born of water, born of His Spirit too. Take His name upon me, become a child of truth. Bathed in the water, my soul made pure and clear. When I rose, joy was smiling, in my shining eyes were tears. Yes, I would stand as His witness, in all places, at all times. I had been born into the kingdom, I left the world behind, into the kingdom of God, a soul born that day. Yes, I will follow in His footsteps, walk the narrow Jesus knew about temptation. I understood because he shared with us that he had experienced temptation of every kind, that he had suffered through much affliction and waded through much sorrow and experienced torment and temptation on every side so that he might succor us in our weakness. It was because of his great strength. He would look into our eyes and he would tell us that we need not travel through temptation alone. That if we would call upon the name of the Father, that we would be strengthened in those hours of weakness, in those times of adversity, and that we would be strengthened. He too traveled in his own wilderness he too experienced the adversary's attempts to foil the plan of salvation. But he remained strong and he was the one perfect and flawless being. 
And because of him, I was given the courage and the strength to try and try again, to continue to work, to overcome the weaknesses of my flesh, to subdue my appetites and passions, and to overcome this world. For he always said, I have overcome this world. Be of good cheer. As though he wanted us to be of good cheer and know and believe and have faith that we too could overcome this world and subdue the passions of our own flesh and appetites. He taught us that if we would overcome those things, that we would be consumed in love, in the pure love of Christ. dreams he saw visions but wrestled powers unseen overcoming each temptation he suffered his own time of need his heart grew heavy his soul hungry he faced a wilderness unknown To prove his love the answer For souls fighting sin alone He said, seek me, shall find me I shall not leave you all alone fought a wilderness unknown You would not fall for Satan's lies Fame and glory he despised He knew our hungers could not be fed by bread Find this world alone. 
temptation He claimed the victory for your soul He overcame this world's temptation He faced a wilderness unknown The sun was shining overhead as I walked along the path ascending the hill, where I had heard Jesus would be teaching that day. I urged my little children to hurry, but they were easily distracted by the sights and often stopped to climb upon the rocks or to observe the nature surrounding them. Trying to both carry my baby and shepherd my other children, I grew weary. I began wondering why I'd made such an attempt all alone. Perhaps I should have stayed home and let them play in the shade of the little tree in front of our small home and chase butterflies. I wanted them to see Jesus Christ, even if it must be as one in a numberless multitude. I wanted to take them to the one whose teachings I had come to honor and cherish. I wanted them to hear the flowing voice that I had only once before heard, that voice that had soothed my soul. I hoped they would recognize the love mirrored in his shining eyes as I had. But now I was weary and felt like turning back. My arms were heavy and my children would not hearken to my calls. Suddenly, I saw him. He began descending the hill towards me. I quickly blotted my tears with the hem of my robe. And as he neared me, I sensed his perfect presence. I knew he was the Lord Jesus Christ. But why was he coming to me? My children saw him too and immediately were drawn to him. It was as if he sensed the yearning of my heart to draw near to him, and so he had drawn near to me when I felt I could go no further. When he asked me if he could carry my baby, my heart leapt. As my children gathered around him, we ascended the hill together. Joy and laughter replaced discouragement and frustration. My every hope was fulfilled that day beyond any expectation. My children, having experienced the love of Jesus Christ for themselves, never strayed from the path leading to truth again. Motherhood, especially if you are alone and single, can be tiring and discouraging. Yet Jesus taught me that the most important thing I can provide for my children is the opportunity to have spiritual experiences. They must experience His love for themselves. And as they do, they will grow to trust in the Lord with all their hearts. Then they will not need to rely and lean only upon a mother's understanding.
Jesus was teaching one day. It was up a hill and beneath the sun. I sat at the back in the midst of multitudes, lost in a sea of faces. But I heard those words as he spoke every beatitude with clarity. And somehow those messages spoke peace to my soul. I had gone through much adversity and much trial. I had been severely wounded in spirit and brokenhearted, and yet I felt light fill my being as I listened to his words. I felt new hope springing in me. I wondered if he could see me because it felt as though he were talking directly to me as if there was nobody else around. He moved through that crowd and he came to me. He laid his hand upon my shoulder as he spoke. 
those words, blessed are those who are persecuted and reviled for my name's sake. And as he spoke those words and the beautiful promises, I knew that he understood the experiences of my lifetime. I followed him thereafter. I loved him with all my heart. I was able to comfort others. I was able to go to others who had been hurt, to move into colonies of, of souls who, unlike lovers who have torn flesh, I moved into the lives of those who had torn hearts and torn lives. I was able to comfort those who stood in need of comfort after that and to bring words of reassurance, encouragement, to turn to the Savior with all their hearts that there was indeed a man who understood and who had come to bless us, to heal us, those who were emotionally wounded and spiritually forsaken.
was searching. I could forgive those who trespassed me. My fears and doubts departed. He gently smiled on me. with many whose hearts he knew were heavy. I had been trying for many years to overcome my bitterness and resentment for one I felt I just could not forgive. As I stood in his presence, I felt his compassion fill my soul. I felt that he understood I had cause to hold a grudge, to harbor resentment, but I also felt as I listened to his words that he who had suffered cruelty and rejection and betrayal had come to free me from my bitterness and pain. I knew in my heart that if I would ever hope to be forgiven of my own misdeeds and sins, that I must let go of the offenses committed against me by others. I was at the foot of his cross when I heard his voice utter his last prayer. My heart broke in the full realization of the importance of forgiveness. In his last whisper, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I understood that he was speaking not only of those who had taken his life, but also pleading for those for whom he gave it. It never seemed hard to forgive again, for the same mercy I hoped to receive for myself, I eagerly offered ever after to others. The compassion I hoped he would extend to me became my heartfelt gift to my fellow man. How could I ever judge or condemn another after beholding the suffering of the only one whose heart was truly innocent? Matthew chapter 5 verses 38 to 48 
I am a woman at the time of His second coming. My sister and I were taught that we must prepare our hearts if we were to be ready and not fear His coming. My sister was foolish. She did not trim her lamp with oil. She did not search the scriptures. She did not pray. She did not keep her covenants. She did not impart of her substance to the poor and needy. She did not take the admonition to prepare her heart seriously. I was saddened by her lack of devotion to something so unseen and so unpredictable. I was taught to sacrifice the pleasures of this world in hopes of a better one. I wanted to devote my life to Him. I silently went about my goodness. I worried for my sister, for she did not prepare her heart. Thus, she was not ready for His coming. My dear sisters, I was one of the virgins who tried with all my heart to prepare, and at the time of his wedding feast, when the chamber doors were closed, what inexpressible horror and awful shame I felt to know that the hour had indeed come, and my sister was not ready. I cried into the darkness when I realized that she could not find her Lord. I trimmed my lamp with oil I honored the saying Fill your vessel full My wish to meet the bridegroom I knew would be fulfilled I watched and I waited My sister smiled unsure While the bridegroom tarried my sister slept There soon would be a marriage I cried to her and wept Your lap is not trimmed You must go find truth and light I pled with her I prayed for her But she slept into the night Trim your lap, trim your lap For the bridegroom is nigh Trim your lap, trim your lap, hold it high. Trim your lap, trim your lap, he will honor truth and light. The wise will endure the night. Doors I entered, my vessel trimmed with oil, while I heard my sister crying in the night. My lap is not trimmed, and I cannot find my Lord. I did not trim my lamp with truth and light. Trim your lamp, trim your lamp. Bridegroom is nigh, trim your 
and every dispensation. I am one of the pure in heart who diligently seek his face. He is the morning light that I will one day awake to. I am coming to know him. He is the fullness of the gospel which radiates in my eyes. He is the joy of my soul, the prayer of my heart, the laughter in my smile and the song that I sing. The promise of eternal life that awaits me awaits every woman who, like me, has set her heart upon him. I am the charity in the heart of Mother Eve, the patience and endurance in the heart of Sarah. I am the worshipful trust and awe in the heart of Mary of Bethany, the generosity and love in the heart of Martha, the devotion in the heart of the Savior's mother. I am the faith of the nameless widow, the foresight of the wise virgin, the humility in the heart of the Nephite woman, the penitence and honesty in the heart of the woman who bathed the Savior's feet with her tears. I am the courage in the heart of the woman who pressed through multitudes to touch his hem. I am the longing for pure love found in the heart of the Samaritan woman. We have brought to you the pearls of perfection. He is the light that will arise in the morning sky of a new and not too far distant dispensation. One day, I will see his face. I will look into his eyes and fall down and worship at his feet. For I will know past ever doubting that he knew my heart. Humbly prayed her heart 
heart would find him That he would fill her soul with light and love Believing in the promise of his coming She waited for her answer from above The shining sun, his smile a glorious sight He is the one I am searching for Each new day, please send thy sun To fill my heart with light today As she grew, his angels gathered round her Smiled upon her purity and love They sweetly promised him they would surround her And bless her heart with his light and love He was her morning light, the shining sun his smile a glorious sight He was the one She was searching for Each new day Yes, heaven's heart above Put her prayer His gentle smile shimmered upon Shining eyes streamed with tears of love His tender voice spoke to her that morning He answered her with greater light and love I am the morning light, sweet shining one your smile, glorious sight, a chosen one. I have seen your heart unceasingly pray. You shall dwell with me in endless day. The pure in heart shall dwell with me one day. I am the morning light that shines the way. I think too many times we think that the Savior's love is for everyone else and not for us. Such it was with me. I am a nameless woman who has asked to remain anonymous, but I will share my story here with you that there came a point in my life when I had given up all hope on myself. 
I even had a dream that I was beyond hope. And in that dream, I saw myself in a deep pit. My fingernails had mud in, in them because I had tried so hard to climb out of this pit. I had called the voices that I heard laughing along the way. Voices of those who were holding tight to the iron rod and who had not lost their way. They couldn't hear me. My cries were muffled in that darkened place. It was as I began to sink into the oozy black mud that I heard my name being called. And when I opened my eyes in this dream, I saw the Savior and he was leaning on his stomach with his arms outstretched. He had mud in his beard and mud in his fingernails too mud on his robes and he called me by name and said I am the only way out of this darkness my dream ended and I awoke in perspiration and exhaustion having no more places to run and hide my weaknesses but I knew for the first time in my life I knew that he is my savior too. I pay 
are worth my sacrifice, my suffering and my pain. He is my savior too. His love encircles me. He lifts my eyes to see what I can be. life